we can't take ourselves too seriously. And um, maybe that needs to be a new script that we start telling ourselves as midlife moms. Find what makes you laugh. You may have to hunt for it. Keep laughter on the horizon, but what is good and healthy and makes you laugh? Life is gonna be okay. And I think that's what laughter, what we just need is to know life really is gonna be okay. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast, where you'll find encouragement, resources, and practical tips to thrive in the midlife. Join the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Midlife Moms Podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Midlife Mom Podcast. We are so glad you have joined us. My name is Amelia Rhodes. I'm your host and joining us today is our co-host, Brenda Yoder. Brenda, welcome. Um, Thank you. And we want to welcome our listeners today. We're so excited you've joined us and we have a fun topic ahead. I'm really excited about this topic today. Our episode is all about laughter and laughter matters. Um, I'm excited to talk about um, why laughter is so necessary at this stage of life, because if you aren't laughing, you're either crying. There's really so much in between. Um, this is so true. Um, one of the things I remember about my mom in this stage of life is she always had something that was making her laugh. And she would listen to Christian author and comedian Patsy Claremont on the radio. And I would be driving with my mom thinking, you know, I'm a teenager. I'm like, what on earth is going on? She's just laughing until she's crying about Patsy taking her mom to the doctor's office. And I just remember thinking, I really don't get this, but I'm glad it's making her happy. And then a few years ago, one of my first signals of entering midlife was I was diagnosed with a hypothyroid. And I remember feeling like my grandma because she had a bad thyroid and her whole life, you know, struggled with this. And so I remember thinking, one, I'm old. I feel like my grandma, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. And I was really discouraged, afraid. And then I went to a conference and saw Anita Renfro, Christian comedian speak. And she did this whole bit on her thyroid and just blame it on my thyroid. And all of a sudden I remembered my mom and all of those things she would laugh at. And it clicked. I'm like, I get it. Laughter is important and being able to laugh at these things that happen in midlife. And that just completely eased my tension. It brought joy to my life, even in the midst of this thing I wasn't happy about. And it helped me know I could cope going forward. Yeah, I too remember. So it's just kind of fun because my mom is the generation above your mom. So my mom is in the lost generation, which just recently they've been declared that generation um, between the um, those who were in World War II, the greatest generation and the boomers. So your mom is a, is a baby boomer. My mm-hmm. mom is in between that. And then, so I too, growing up, my mom watched and listened to Irma Bombeck. And I actually bought some of Irma Bombeck's books or checked them out from the library when I was really wrestling with what's going on in this stage of life. And, and there really wasn't a lot out there for humor for women in midlife. And so I picked up the books that my mom had read. And um, because what you just said is true, like in the back of my mind, when I um, turned 50, which wasn't that long ago. I just do want to say, um, I, I kind of have this thing of like, well, I might as well be 75. Like I just felt old, but I had to laugh about it. Like everyone then who was in their seventies talking to me, I was like, Oh, like you're my best friend. Cause I'm almost your age. And someone kind of called me out on that. Like Brenda, you're not 
that. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, it's, we're all kind of lumped together now, aren't we? Like, um, but you do, you kind of have to laugh. You have to laugh at yourself and with yourself um, because it just really is essential. We, we can't take ourselves too seriously. And um, maybe that needs to be a new script that we start telling ourselves as midlife moms. I think so. I, so one of the things we want to do is because this is so important and it's so healthy and helpful, we want to have a segment opening each episode where we talk about laughter matters and what's making us laugh and share that with our listeners. And we would love for those listening to the podcast to share with us the things that are making them laugh and just be this community of here's the things that we're chuckling about in this stage of life. So I want to ask you, Brenda, what is making you laugh this week? Well, I have to say, I have to wear a mask every day when I go to school. So I do work part-time as a school counselor for an elementary school. So we have to mask up every day. And then when I take my mask off, there are just a ton of hair, like around your, that part of your face, like a chin hair that, you know, I'm like, holy cow, where'd that come from? And then just looking. And, and I just remember when I was in my late thirties and I was, I was tanning and I was you know, a little bit more into my looks then, because I was like, I was finally done having babies. And I just remember then realizing every beauty thing you do, like it pops out something else, right? Like you tan and it, then it gives you wrinkles. And then the wrinkle, the tan around your face shows all of those mustache hairs. And now wearing a mask is a great way to hide all of the growing hair that's all over that part of your body. So now I'm on we're, we're filming this on YouTube. So I had to clean up my chin hairs. Sorry. I'm too busy laughing. <laughs> oh, so funny. What is it? You think you told me in conversation that like a mask covers a multitude of sins. Yeah, it does. It's great. And you only have to do your eye makeup. Like that's the other thing is like, I put on my foundation who needs to tan because half your face is covered up. And so you just have to like put on your eye makeup and that's about it. Get ready in half the time. That's great. Yeah. Cause I'm finding it take longer to get ready these days. Yeah. yeah. So the things that are making me laugh these days are my kids. I'm enjoying these seasons where they're teenagers. I have a 14 year old and a 16 year old, and I'm just enjoying how uncool they think I am. And I'm embracing that. And I love being zany and wacky and just them being like, mom, the eye rolls, the you're not funny. So the recent conversation the other day, I was taking my son through McDonald's drive through after an appointment was something about money. We got to talking about money. I can't remember how, and somehow talking about Bitcoin, which I don't even fully understand what Bitcoin is digital money. And so I was like, I don't even understand like, how are the baby Bitcoins born? And he's like, money's not born. And then we got on this whole conversation about economics and money and what is a piece of paper. And I don't even remember how we ended up, but we ended up talking about what if we went back to just trading chicken and eggs for our haircuts. So, and we just were giggling all the way home. It made absolutely no sense, but I was laughing till tears came. It was just fun. And it was well, fun seeing awesome. his, dis- his discomfort at my weirdness too. I love it. Well, I just have to put a plug in here too, that, um, you know, the, the whole thing in midlife is that once you become a grandma, you know, once you become a grandma, then you don't want to be that grandma. And so when our son and daughter-in-law shared with us, um, over a year ago that they were expecting at Christmas, I was so excited. And I went uptown. We have a, a shop in our town. We, I live in a very 
big tourist area here in the um, Midwest. And there's a, a shop that sells like sweatshirts that have like the bird houses and stuff like that on them. And so I, I was up there for another reason, happened to go in that store and they had all their Christmas sweatshirts on sale for like $10. And so I was very tactful. I bought a Christmas sweatshirt, but with one of these, you know, the iron on grandma things. And, um, but I got one with the, you know, the, the iconic is very, very Instagrammy and Pinteresty. It had the iconic, um, pickup, you know, the red pickup with the Christmas tree in the back. So it was very timeless. So I wore that Christmas morning when they had just shared with us maybe the day or two before that they were expecting. And my kids just flipped out, mom, what are you wearing? You got a grandma sweatshirt on. And I was like, but it actually has given me freedom. Being a grandma now has given me freedom to be weird. I because love it. When, when you are parenting teens and young adults, right? Like there's so much mom peer pressure. And so being a grandma has kind of like given me this, this license now to be all weird that I've always been, but you can't be because your kids don't think you're cool and you don't want to embarrass them. So that's part of this whole thing with laughter is if we really shared what was in our minds, really what we need laughter about, we would like our kids would probably I don't know what they do with us, but <laughs> it's, it's giving us permission to embrace who we really are in this phase of life. Laughter does that. And I think it's so key and important and it's healthy for our brains. It's healthy for our bodies. And there are so many good reasons to laugh that we want to share about today. And I came across an article recently on Mayo Clinic that lists some of those benefits of laughter and why we need it. And I think in this phase of life, as our bodies are changing and our brains are changing, and we've been in a pandemic, laughter is so important. And just a couple of the things I will link to the article in the show notes, but the short-term benefits of laughter and this article was called stress relief from laughter. It's no joke. Like it's real. It brings real stress relief. And we've all felt it after a good laugh and tears out of your eyes and your body just relaxes and it does something to your body and your brain. And they said the short-term benefits include stimulating organs like your heart and your brain there's increased oxygen intake and it activates and cools your stress response. So that they said it fires up your heart, gets your heart rate going, and then it cools it right back down. And you end up with that relaxed feeling who doesn't need a little bit of stress relief right now. Right. And they said it also soothes tension by stimulating circulation and aids in muscle relaxation. So forget the spa, just, you know, find a good comedian and have a good laugh. Okay. Maybe don't forget the spa, but in addition to the spa and then long-term benefits, improves your immune system. It relieves pain. It increases personal satisfaction, making it easier to cope with difficult situations and connect with people. And I know that's something that Brenda will talk about shortly and it improves your mood, which who doesn't need a little bit of a mood boost in this stage of life. And what I love about that is it backs up what we find in scripture and in the Bible, in Proverbs 17, 22, we read a cheerful heart is good medicine and science backs that up that laughter, cheerful heart is medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And one thing that we want to address is healthy laughter and making sure that our laughter is helpful, not harmful, and that we aren't part of crushing the spirits of those around us with our laughter. And Brenda, I know you have some really good thoughts and insight into healthy laughter. That's not harmful. 
Yeah, I think that um, there's always this fine line between what is laughing with someone, what is laughing at them. And it's a, it's a tough thing because we don't have it modeled well in our community, right? I think everything in culture right now really is about burns and put downs. And if you don't laugh along with something that really is more of a burn, that's kind of what we've, we call it and talking with um, students at school. In fact, I'm going to be addressing a class coming up because there have been more harmful um, words of joking that have, that aren't like, they're just not appropriate. It's, it's hurting people. And I think that's where we have to come back to is, is what I'm saying, um, is it going to be received? How is that person going to receive it? Like just knowing them. And so I think that's part of it is in thinking about laughter with our kids, but then even with other people is, are they at a place? Will they receive what I'm saying? Is what I'm saying something that is going to encourage them and help them not be so serious, not take themselves so seriously? Or is it going to be something that it really is a wound that we know is something that's inside of them? And I think especially with our kids, um, this is a fine line too. And I have, I've had to check myself a little bit to say, have I joked too much? You know, um, I think as our kids have gotten older, that's a lot of the way that we interact as a family is joking with each other. And so then I kind of go to this other part of my brain where I kind of like freak out, like, oh no, did I not teach them to like talk about serious things? Is all we do is, is joking and is it is it harmful? But as I've checked it out with them, I, I think it's okay. But there's there really is a fine line there. And it's it's important that we, think through things before we send it in a text, before we even say it out loud. And that's one thing that I have to say, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I literally watched a couple of comedians on Instagram just because I needed to laugh. Right. And as comedians, they can do all of that. They can make people laugh in those ways. And then there are times when in my head, like, I'm seeing the same things that they are about some of the things that they're probably, you know, mocking or something like that. And then I'll, part of me will be like, well, they say it and it's funny. I should be able to say it, right? These are my authentic words. This is really how I feel. But yet I'm like, er, is that really edifying? Is it edifying to those who hear? Is it really edifying to me? Even though I think that in my head, so there's, there's kind of a filter, I think that we just have to sift through some of the time. Right. And I, I think part of that filter is asking God for wisdom in, in the moment. And then this question of, will this build them up? Will it build them up or will it tear them down and using laughter to build up in a situation, not to tear them down. Um, one of the things that we've talked about too, is the difference between laughter and sarcasm. And when I was chatting with my family about this topic, my daughter just kind of looks at me and she gives me the look, you know, the look, it's like looking in a mirror. She's very much like me look, the look of like, really mom. Okay. 
And then she says out loud what she's thinking. Are you going to be talking about this or is Mrs. Yoder going to be talking about it? And it was in that tone of like, you better not be the one teaching about it. So I promised her I would take notes. Obviously, that's a struggle of mine. And sarcasm runs fast and easy in our family, but it does cross a line where it's tearing someone down and it's not funny anymore. And I I think you have some thoughts to share about the danger of sarcasm. Sarcasm actually is one of the main dangers in almost all relationships. Um, Gottman, who is kind of the forefront of marriage counseling, has sarcasm as one of his main, um, I think there's four or five killers of a marriage. And so really just taking that thought and bringing it that in any relationship, sarcasm is almost a defense mechanism. And sometimes, so when we use that as a defense mechanism, that means we're, we're really protecting ourselves from something that is hurtful. So I think even in homes, I think we all probably know homes where sarcasm runs through the house. Like it may not even be sarcasm at each other, but I think sarcasm comes from a place of wounding or from a place of, yeah, I really want to say something about that, but I'm not going to say what I really feel. So I'm going to say it this way because it feels better to me rather than refrain, rather than refraining from saying it. And you talked about that wisdom of really being able to say, if it's, if it's coming from a place where, yeah, I really need to say that because it makes me feel good to have that satisfaction of, of saying something about that, then it's really something that needs to be taken off the table. I think you can end up in these tense moments. You're in a conflict, you know, in a relationship in your family and your household, and you just need that final word. And you, it's that lashing out of the tongue And sarcasm is such an easy thing to slip into. And then it really only wounds rather than making it better. Yeah. And it doesn't help your relationship. I think that's the other thing is what, and as we talk about midlife, so whether it's with your parents, right? Because I think we as children can easily get into a role with our older parents where we are sarcastic or something with our parents, or Mm -hmm. we might say things about them when we're not with them, you know, among our friends. And even there, I think we have to, we have to hold that again in our relationship with the Lord, but then also with our kids. So the other thing about raising teens and young adults, as we've talked about, is that it is one of the most difficult times of your whole life. And so sometimes even to cope with the heaviness that is in your home. And I know I'm talking to many moms out there who are experiencing a lot of heaviness in your home. And, um, laughter is essential, but it's not, it's not sarcasm is not the place for it when you're in the middle of all of that tension. So then how do you, how do you do that? And as I was just thinking about that, I just know there are a lot of times where I may get off a phone conversation with one of my college students or, um, even, you know, a text message exchange where they're pretty snarky because that's part of what happens when you're raising teens and young adults is they can be snarky and, or even adult kids, they can be snarky and, and you don't say what's in your head. Maybe that's the mantra. Don't say what's in your head. Yeah. But then, you know, the minute my husband may come home, I may like 
spout off to him in a way that is humorous because again, it's not taking ourselves too seriously. And, and I think that we just, as a culture, almost have used sarcasm and so-called burns or laughter in a way that is really, really almost harmful to the extreme that we don't see that healthy modeling of how to, how to just laugh about life and how to not take things so seriously, including ourselves. It's finding the humor in a situation, but laughing with people, not at them and not targeting the humor at them, I think is one of the keys. And it's a tricky thing to learn, as you said. And I think just being aware, asking for wisdom, paying attention. Ooh, how did that land? Did did that not help? Was that not funny? And, and not letting it linger if you realize that there was a wound that happened. Yeah. Uh, and I think I would just encourage you even take that a step further. Like how will that land? Mm-hmm. Like knowing, knowing the person, I think, especially with your kids. Um, the one thing that I've heard from kids is I counsel them um, or, or just work with them and talk with them is often, well, my mom said this and I think as parents, we do not realize how our words impact our kids. And so even in joking, when we don't have kind of their bank of either bank of positivity in them, or we don't have the relationship with them that allows us to joke in that type of way, our, our wounds, our words can really wound our kids. And so really it's a lot about knowing where is that child or where's that person at? Like, where are they even at today? Today, can I say that statement in a joke and and they receive it well? Um, We've even had, you know, with our kids sometimes where they're just so, they have so much heaviness that we even just have to talk with them like, hey, we need to get out. We need to do you know, some fun things and we need to laugh. So I think even with kids in the pandemic right now who don't have a lot of positive things coming across their, their literal experience or their screen because they're in front of a screen the whole time. It's important that we can really try to foster that healthy, healthy, non-shaming laughter. And I think it was key of knowing what you said today. Can they receive it in this moment? Because we know with teenagers and young adults, it changes moment by moment. And one of the things that I read early on in my parenting from a woman named Barbara Curtis, who wrote some, some books and had a great blog at the time with her preschoolers, she said, you know, pay attention, be a student of your children. And that carried with me to this day where I try to be a student of my children. And now it's become subconscious, but even when you walk in the door, even before they say a word, you know, are they okay? Are they not okay? Was it a good day? Was it a bad day? And I remember this moment with my son, who's now middle school, I was picking him up. And as soon as he came out the door from the school, I'd studied him for so long that I could tell by the way he carried his shoulders or the way he was walking that he didn't feel good. And so I think it's part of just being a student, a literal student of your children and paying attention to know in this moment, do they need laughter? Do they need love? Do they need a hug? Do they need a joke? And God gives you that wisdom as you ask for it. And as you are a student of your children. Yeah. And I think even as friends, so we're talking to midlife moms and, and kind of circling back to the importance of laughter for ourselves, you know, here again, I was just reflecting as you were talking about laughter and the importance of it with our kids and things like that, but we need it in this stage of life. So 
importantly. And I think that's why um, it's so hard is because we're not around friends like we were when our kids were younger. I don't know about you, but when my kids were young, there was a whole group of other young stay-at-home moms and we got out often. You, I, I don't know, it was just whatever, you know, and we'd stay out late and um, that release, those friendships were important. In fact, there was one time when one of my college students said to me, like, mom, are you going to go out with so-and-so soon? Because you need to, because I was so grumpy and they saw that my demeanor changed when I could laugh. And, and just even thinking to some other life things that are important for moms at this stage is part of my story is that I left the teaching profession because I was so stressed out and I was a very irritable, angry, no laughter in our home mom for, for quite a while. And I went back to graduate school, got a new job. And when I was working at my first job as a school counselor, my son, who was home at the time, he was a senior. And he said, mom, it's just so good to see you laugh. I know that you love your job. And so I think as you are, as we are moms in this phase of life, whether you have kids in the home or not at home is to be thinking about what, what can I change in my life right now to bring joy into my life? Because our children may drain us, whatever your family is going through your children and your family may not be the source of joy for you. And in those cases, we really have to seek out, um, friends who we can vent to. And, and for me, venting is like being pretty honest about stuff that, you know, is just my feelings in the moment. I think we have this perception and especially for those of us who are a little bit more in the spotlight as Christian leaders is that we just have to have everything together. And, and, and it's not that we're laughing at inappropriate things, but it's just that we kind of say what's in our head, which is, are you serious? Like, are you kidding me? You know, sometimes I just want to be like, like Anita Renfro, you know, but we don't have that platform. So if safe places to reel and laugh, and I know friendship will be one of our episodes that we will do coming up and having safe places to laugh. And I know finding that because you're right, it may not be in the home. And so that would be, I think one of the keys of finding where you feel safe and where you can laugh and kind of blow off a little steam in a healthy way and have some fun. For me, one of the things has been Friday morning coffee dates for an hour, hour and a half with a couple of friends who are in this phase of life. One of the, you talked about getting together with friends when you were younger, when you were younger, your friendship centered around, you know, who you wanted to be friends with and your kids would all hang out because they were little and they didn't, you know, they, they were friends with whoever was there that day as they get older your friendships kind of shift because your, your kids may not be friends with your friends. Kids is what I'm finding. And so carving out time, whether it's once a month, once a quarter, uh, here and there is so important because you may not naturally overlap. And so a couple of friends and I, we meet at a coffee shop when we can. And the owner of one of the coffee shops came up to us one day and she said, I just love having you gals in because you just laugh and you laugh. And it reminds me of me and my friends. Mm -hmm. And so that's so important to find people you can laugh with and in a good, healthy way and bring joy to each other. Yeah. And I was just thinking, laughing at yourself too. We talked earlier in the, in the show about, you know, our physical appearance and some of the things that just come along with midlife that normally we don't want to call ourselves midlife because there are a lot of stereotypes around it. Right. 
that you're older and you're frumpy and you, you aren't hip and you aren't cool and you are getting gray hair and your, your body's all, you know, but when I was, when I was your age, Amelia, when I was 44, I had just run a half marathon. And, um, that fall I had this new job at a school and, um, I played on a, we had a staff student basketball game and, I thought, oh, I don't play basketball, but I just ran a half marathon. I can run up and down the court. So I was out there and I have two sons who play basketball. And so I literally was like in my moment, I was down there, I was running down the court. And I remember thinking, oh, if only my boys could see me right now, like, you know, I'm just really rocking it. And my knee twisted and gave out. And I like, and I ended up like, I was pushing myself off the court and the school nurse had to come with a wheelchair and I was like, no, no, I'm fine. But they made me get in the wheelchair because, and I was in front of <laughs> what, 800 kids, 800 fifth and sixth graders. And, um, you know, I came home and I ended up tearing my ACL. Like it wasn't just a small thing. I ended up tearing, um, tearing my meniscus, tearing my ACL, had to have surgery, had to go through rehab. Um, and I came home and, you know, at first my, my kids were like, well, just, well, okay. I just have to say it's, we live on a farm. We, we have sons in our house and I'm married to a farmer. So like around here, you don't go to the doctor unless it's really, really serious. So they're like, yeah, mom kind of just suck it up. And then when we finally found out that it was a torn ACL, I was like, uh, okay. So now it really was, but throughout that whole thing, like I just had to laugh. Right here I am running a half marathon feeling like I've got this midlife stuff, sun in my face, I'm doing this. And then two months later, I've torn my ACL. And now I'm like, um, I had to sign off on disability, right? That I'm 7% disabled. And so my kids will throw it in my face. Like, remember mom, you're 7% disabled. Do you need us to help you walk? Um, so I love it that that's that you took that and it's become the, the running joke, you know, well, it is 7%. Yeah, every, every place we go now, do you, mom, do you need help to get up? Cause you are 7% disabled. It's um, the matter of perspective. Like we can let that stuff weigh us down. It happened. It was a thing, or we can let it bring joy and find the gift in the midst of it. Yeah. So one of our action steps in for this week, we want to end each week with action matters. So our action for this week find what makes you laugh. You may have to hunt for it. Keep laughter on the horizon, but what is good and healthy and makes you laugh? What do you have to add to that, Brenda? Um, I'm just going to share. There are two um, Instagram accounts and I don't have these written down. So um, they will be hard to find, but one of them is Sharon says, so she makes me laugh. She is a government teacher and I'm a former government teacher, but I watched her Instagram story. She's very informational, but she is funny too. And then, um, why don't you share some of yours, Amelia, because I want to get back. There's another person on Instagram who mocks influencers. Oh, one of of them I've enjoyed is Michael jr. He's a Christian comedian who keeps it clean and healthy. And he is the one who has said, when people are laughing, their hearts are open to you. And that stuck with me. I heard him on a recent podcast say that. And so that's the same. I would think true with our families and our, um, difficult relationships when we can bring laughter into it, then their hearts are open and you can receive from each other. Yeah. And I, we'll just have to put it in the show notes. There's another um, person I've come across, but that's, I think where you just said, sometimes we have to pursue it. We have to, whether it's a book, whether it's someone that you can just watch 
to know that at the end of the day, you're just going to laugh a little bit and let, let things go. Um, but then also I think we have to seek out friends. We have to seek out that time with our spouse, even seek out time with our kids to do something fun. And just, um, kind of leaving on that note is that, especially when you have a child that you're really struggling with, um, to, to sometimes just take them away some time, you know, just say, Hey, let's go to McDonald's or something and let's let there not be the tension that's around whatever's happening. Um, right. you know, use some laughter that is completely out of the, out of the blue has nothing to do with the situation, um, to just let them know, like, life is going to be okay. And I think that's what laughter, what we just need is to know life really is going to be okay. We're not alone. It's okay. We can laugh about it together. So that's your action for this week. Go hunt for humor. Find somebody on social media who's got healthy humor and makes you laugh. Find a couple of friends to connect with, a way to connect with your kids or your spouse and find some humor this week. And we would love to hear what makes you laugh this week. And we'd love to start sharing some of those on the podcast. So you can email us. Um, you can email me, Amelia at AmeliaRhodes.com. And we will put some links in the show notes where you can submit what's making you laugh. So thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed this, please leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your rating and review will help others discover this new podcast. And please share with your friends. We would love to meet you in our community on Instagram and Facebook at Midlife Moms Podcast.